Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's the Problem, the show that explores problems, situations, issues, and discussions in the world of cybersecurity. Today, we are fortunate we have Dave Bakke joining us from Red Group. Dave, say hello to our listeners, sir. Hello to your listeners. Um, I'm on my fifth cup of coffee today, so if I'm talking too fast, just uh, kick me or throw something at me, sir. <laughs> Sounds good, Dave. And Dave, since you're all charged up on coffee, you're probably ready for our first question. That oh, first cool. question, as we all know, is why are you qualified to talk about security? Yeah, so quick quick introduction. Dave Bakke, I appreciate you saying my name right. Um, I am the uh, Vice President of Strategic Development and an OT, which is Operational Technology and Industrial Control System Cybersecurity Leader here at Red Group. Uh, I've had about 20 years of IT, OT, and cybersecurity experience across a number of different industries, uh, particularly being from South Louisiana. I've seen a lot of oil and gas, chemicals, but also I've gotten into some uh, manufacturing and other uh, industrial energies supporting clients uh, globally. So I've done everything from helping uh, very large organizations implement their security missions and, and uh, mature their processes to helping, you know, smaller and less mature companies really along their way, uh, grow their organizations to be more secure and implement security uh, in their operations and specifically on the, you know, plant floor, the manufacturing environment um, for to, to mature their organizations. Awesome. I love it. We've got our second uh, OT uh, guest expert on the show, our first industrial controls expert, though. So, Dave, you're in, you're in rare air here, my friend with the ICS background. No, it's an interesting background. And, and you know, we've been trying to build practitioners in this area for, you know, 10 or 15 years. And, you know, most people in this field come from a couple of different areas. I started out um, you know, on the enterprise IT side of things and, and got to know the controls folks and the industrial control system people and learn about that area of the business. There's a whole other kind of side where people gravitate to this, where, you know, they start out as, as electrical engineers, control system engineers, you know, working closer to the process and have sure, to come along yeah. and learn the, the IT world and the IT speak. So it's a, it's a hybrid skill set that, that people in this world have. And it's, it's something we've had to build and not buy most of the time. Yeah, before we get to our, our meat and potatoes question, I will uh, I will agree with what you just said. A lot of folks come from controls with an electrical engineering background, an EE background. Um, in fact, most of the controls folks I know in my professional network uh, were at one point EEs, whether you know academically, and then they graduated into the professional realm and went elsewhere, or they just stayed in electrical engineering. Um, obviously, it's a it's an easy step for those electrical engineers to make. Um, but let's get into that second question, because we're not here to talk about electrical engineers today, to my knowledge. Uh, so, Dave, what is an issue in the world of security that you'd like to explore with our listeners today? Yeah. So as I talked about, you know, we deal a lot with, with engineers and on the industrial control system and the, the plant floor side of an operation. And, you know, a lot of those projects, a lot of the things that we're buying there are not typical IT equipment, right? You don't start a project, you know, you'll start a project saying, hey, I need a new compressor, right? Or I need to buy an engine or, you know, I'm looking to upgrade, um, you know, to a new CNC machine. 
And so you don't hmm. start that project out saying, hey, this is a security project or this is an IT project, right? That's led by a mechanical engineer, a process engineer who's, you know, going out to these vendors and looking for the best compressor that they can buy. Um, and what we don't realize or what isn't taken into account a lot of times is that, hey, yeah, that's a compressor, but it also has a PLC on it, a logic controller. It also has a computer on it. You know, that vendor is also saying, hey, yeah, this thing is great. And look at this app that it comes with. And all you have to do is hook it up to the cloud and send all your data to us. And it's going to be fantastic. And, and what we find is a lot of times those things get purchased and get brought to the plant, brought to the facility before anybody that has any controls or security accountability even looks at it. And, hmm. you know, at that point, it's too late, right? You have an engineer standing here with a cable and he says, hey, man, where should I plug this in? Um, and so what we've been trying to push out, you know, through industry for the past decade or so is, you know, how do we get security and infrastructure um, people and roles involved in the capital projects process and involved in the procurement process such that when we're buying things, we're thinking about security. We're thinking about how are we going to integrate this? How are we going to plug this in before it's too late, before that equipment, you know, arrives on the on the factory floor um, so that we're not, you know, getting that remediation right away. And I think that's part, you know, remediation is big business. Assessments are big business in security. And I think that's because we're buying insecure things and we're having to remediate them as soon as they show up. Am um, I crazy in thinking that you're actually suggesting that we should have the procurement folks involved with the engineers and say evaluate these or am i mishearing it <laughs> i think that that's a great idea and i think it's even more than that because you know we can put that language in a contract saying hey you have to supply a secure thing and here's what we mean by security and hope that the vendor is going to read that but i think even still there's some education on all fronts so that the vendors understand the engineers understand and procurement understands what we mean by buying secure, what we mean, what we expect the market to deliver to us and, and what we want to do as part of our process to integrate that. I, so I, tell me, tell me a little bit more here, Dave. I'm, I'm curious about what is that, what does that language look like? I mean, can there be universal language um, or draw from a, a common set of secure, you know, protocols or, you know, to tell me a little bit about what that language could look like. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things when we look at the language. You know, one of it is the supportability of the product itself, um, setting expectations that, hey, you're going to deliver something with um, an operating system that's modern and that's able to be patched and that you're going to tell me how I patch it and what patches are applicable and safe to use on this equipment. Um, you know, it's it's putting it on the, the vendor, asking them to deliver a, a process, you know, how do I recover this? You know, how do I change the passwords on it? You know, we've worked with vendors that have, that have said, hey, we, um, we use the same password on all of our equipment and that's for your good. So that, you know, if you have a problem with this equipment and you're anywhere in the world, any of our techs can come to it and log into it. So we know the password, but we're not going to tell you the password. And for most owners, that's not uh, it's not a great answer. You know, you want to own the passwords <laughs> to your equipment. You want to own some of the code to your equipment. You want to be able to maintain the things that you're buying and integrate them. And so, yeah, there is some, you know, as part of our, you know, if, if I'm an organization, part of my security um, 
you know, standards and processes should have some templated language that could be uh, put into procurement language to go out to vendors. And then some of it's probably going to be more bespoke based on the type of project that we're doing, the type of thing that we're buying. Because it's, you know, it's going to be different if I'm buying a gas plant or building a new gas plant versus just buying a uh, right. piece right. of off-the-shelf off the equipment that I'm going to be integrating. Yeah. Does, does Red Group have examples of some of these standardized language uh, for different types, whether it's you know, building uh, a gas plant or purchasing a gas plant? Is this language that you already have developed? We've worked with some customers to develop some language and put that in there, and we can we can help people develop that language. Um, you know, specifically, we do it a lot around capital projects, right? If I'm building a new gas plant, um, it's you know here's the technical requirements we want to have for you know every piece of equipment being delivered to this, right? And we'll categorize them and and share that with the vendors, and then work with the vendors to deliver that equipment. Um, you know, the other piece on a capital project, most companies that that we work with most mature organizations have some sort of a stage gated capital projects process you know that that's hopefully standardized throughout that organization and you know if possible you also want to have some some security and some infrastructure checkpoints built in there as well to early on in the process be able to identify hey this looks like you know ot equipment that's going to have some security ramifications here that we want to take into account so we catch that you know, on those earlier stages of the process before you start getting into detailed design and even vendor selection um, for those pieces of equipment. So in your experience, who is really good at catching what you just said? Oh, it seems like this could, there could be some operational technology here. Wait a second. Uh, maybe we need some uh, to talk about the security here. Um, with your experience in these different capital projects that you've worked on, which roles tend to be good at like red flagging and saying, hey, I, I think when you talk about security. That's a great question. Um, you know, typically on a project, you would hope that that's, you know, the project manager or the control system technical leads. And I think if a if a organization has spread that message and has built that culture of security, those people will be aware. Um, if not, it like I said, it ends up being further along in the process that you want to be which is when, you know, the engineers on that project need something from IT or need an IP address or need to plug something in. And then it's the IT organization that's getting asked questions that they need to answer and start peeling back going, okay, well, what are we buying here? Um, right. So ideally, <laughs> yeah, we're educating procurement, we're educating project managers, and we're educating the, the, the technical discipline leads, particularly the control system folks and the electrical and instrumentation engineering folks that are going to be integrating, um, you know, some of the wiring, right? And if you're saying, oh, look, here's a Cat 5 on a drawing or Cat 6 on a drawing, what is that plugging into, right? What is this thing doing? You know, there's some indicators you can get up front to, to start realizing what it is that you're buying. So reflecting this conversation back, uh, the reason why I asked specifically roles is I, I heard you draw a very linear train of thought here. There are certain roles, like you mentioned, a project manager um, uh, on, the, on the capital uh, project. There's um, certain questions, almost like a checklist of questions. You know, is, is this something that can be patched? I remember you saying that question earlier. Yep. And... We've also heard kind of coming full circle that if it's gotten to IT and we're talking about plugging in uh, CAT6 cables to something, 
we've gone too far. Like it's, it's, it's all is, all is lost in terms of planning in advance. And now we are, we are looking backwards at what we have purchased as an organization or built as an organization. And we're talking almost about like audit and remediation. Like we've just taken leaps and bounds steps ahead. And there's, there's not like a middle ground. It's like, Hey, at this point, we just need to do an audit, like remediate whatever is not, as secure as we had hoped it was. <laughs> yep. Well, and another thing that can help that along that we've seen some organizations do is, you know, take somebody out of the IT organization or bring up some control system uh, engineers and, you know, kind of appoint them a cybersecurity focal point or an OT security mm-hmm. focal point and, and have that be a role on every project, right? Carve out a bucket of hours in the early phases to say, hey, you know, go into this project, get an understanding of the scope, roll through this, you know, this checklist or this process saying, okay, yes, this includes X, Y, and Z, you know, and here's the overall, you know, cybersecurity impact that we see this taking over the life of a project. If you carve out that role, you can put that accountability on, you know, a, a specific project member. Um, if you have a mature project organization and a pure uh, mature engineering organization that can um, that can fill that function. Last question, because you just brought up an interesting point. What happens? This is an exciting question. Uh, what happens if you have an immature or, uh, uh, organization and you're growing really fast? Is that a position where a third party? such as a red group or somebody like you could come in and play that role or to detail that position out to make sure that their best interests are met is should that really be somebody in internal like a full-time equivalent employee within that company no that's definitely something that you know as an immature and a quickly growing organization you know uh, i'm sure we see that across a lot of it and security disciplines where you know, IT and security isn't a core competency of that business, right? They're in the business of building things, of buying things, of getting investment, of selling things. And it definitely makes sense to pull out expertise, pull in expertise from outside of the organization to help overall on that OT security journey, right? Including, you know, how do we build secure things? You know, you talk about fat, quickly growing organizations, it's getting involved in that, that M&A process, and, you know, how do we onboard assets that we're buying from other organizations into, you know, whatever we need? How do we mature our overall OT cybersecurity practice? Um, and really in all, in all aspects, make sure we're building and onboarding things in a secure manner. So that's definitely a spot that it's good to go out to the, go out to the industry and find some good partners like Red Group um, who can help you along in that, in that um, path of maturing cybersecurity in the OT space. Yeah, that was... An interesting question for me to pose. I have a friend uh, out east whose business has grown 10, 15 fold. They're, you know, talking about building uh, warehouses and fulfillment uh, areas. And I guess kind of a combination of the two of those things. And I can already see just based on what he's told me in, in terms of the growth of their business and how it's exploded, which is a great problem to have that. They're at this point, they're like, we need warehouses, we need to be like filling trucks, we need to be moving like, really fast. And I can totally see them kind of just being like, great, who can set up this? Who can set up, uh, you know, a, a control system with, you know, keypads or, or, you know, fingerprint scanners to let people in the doors and this and that. And they're like, at this point, they're in the mode of 
my list is so long that I have to start checking some of these things off. And so I, <laughs> I can totally envision a company like that, which again, it's a good problem to have. Like their company is very healthy and robust and they're growing fast and they're, the market is just demanding more of them. They want more. They just want more and more and more. Uh, it's a great problem to have. But there's also this moment where like they're in this kind of this, this special point in time where they're going to be building quite a few facilities and purchasing facilities that already exist in the next 24 months. And if they don't think security, they're just going to be like, great. Like it's, so we bought the thing, it's off the list. We got a Jacksonville delivery center. We got a you know, Trent, New Jersey delivery center. Like everything else doesn't matter. Like we just got to check this off the list. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can see where that's, you know, it's an overwhelming problem too. If, if you look at, okay, we need some security and you start listening out, well, here's all the practice areas of security. Here's all the things I need to worry about. And here's where I currently am. That's a, that's a process. That's a roadmap to develop that maturity. That's not something you could just come in and say, okay, we're going to do all this next week and be mature. And yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big challenge among many challenges that growing businesses face. Um, so yeah, definitely you need a good partner there and um, put that process in place to get where you need to be to have a secure and robust organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Dave, we're the final question here. There's no way, no, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide from this one. The question is, tell our listeners about a terrible haircut you had at some point in your life. I don't know what this has to do with security, but I will appease you and answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we don't have video on here, but if you were looking at me, you would be looking at a bald head. Um, I lost all my hair when I was about 18 and or, you know, started thinning out pretty good. And so I just went for the shave. Prior to that, I had beautiful flowing long blonde hair. And at, at times I would sculpt that into a mohawk. And uh, it was fantastic. It was it was very uh, intense looking. You would I would be choking on the amount of hairspray and gel it took to get it up into that position. But man, it was glorious. And so I think my current situation is probably you know karma or payback from those awful haircuts of my teenage years. <laughs> well, Dave, I appreciate you answering that question. You're actually the first person to bring up that it has nothing to do with security. You've we have filmed uh, or recorded about two or three dozen of these shows and no one's brought that up yet. So you're, you're person number one to ask, why are we talking about haircuts? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Dave, I really appreciate you bringing your, your background and controls and IT and OT uh, into our listeners. A lot of times when listeners listen into a show, they'll, send us an email or hit us up on social media and they'll just ask, you know, Hey, that Dave guy was kind of interesting. And uh, Mike totally teased at this idea that there's a checklist and certain things. And, like, I'm kind of curious about that. And I'd like to talk to Dave. So what's the best way for listeners to get in touch with you personally or with red group? Yeah. Our, uh, our URL is red.group, which is very good, but also confusing because people want to put a .com at the end of it. So don't do that. Just go to red.group. Um, you can look me up. I'm David Bakke. It's dbakke at red.group. Hopefully you'll put a link down in the description or something. And um, also you can look me up on LinkedIn. Excellent. Well, thank you, Dave. And to our listeners, yes, we will have Dave's uh, LinkedIn URL in the show notes, as well as a few hyperlinks off to their website as well. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning into What's the Problem? The show that explores problems scenarios, issues, and situations in the world of security. If you want some 
additional advice uh, or counsel on operational technology, you know you got to go talk to Dave and, and the gang at Red Group. If you want to talk about marketing in the world of security, you know you've got to talk to the folks at MKG Marketing. And not to be left out with a confusing URL, ours is MKG period marketing. There is no dot com. Thank you for your tuning in and we will catch you on the next show, everybody.